Hello and welcome everybody to the In Between Podcast. If you are new here, don't forget to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, go check out me and my dad's blog at inbetweenpodcast.com. So, today we have another guest. My youth pastor is here today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's going on, guys? My name is uh, Jordan, and like Daphne said, I am the youth pastor at the church here in town. So, I, I have not had anyone officially declare me as their youth pastor before at this new church, so that felt a little bit weird, I'm going to be honest. Really? I actually saw the look on your face, and you were like, <gasps> I, it's, like just... it's like, it, it's the equivalent <laughs> of when you get married, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. my wife, and you're like, wait, that's weird. <laughs> like, that's what that just felt like to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a title. That's bizarre. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Appreciate it. Youth appreciate pastor. It. Yeah, it's a thing. It's, uh, it's nice to have you in town. Yeah, super excited to be on this side of the mic. It feels weird. I've been listening to you guys from afar, and so now I'm hearing you through <laughs> live headphones. So yeah. thanks for having me. Of well, course. Hey, we're, we're absolutely glad to have you uh, be a part of everything. And uh, it's interesting because we uh, met five-ish years ago. Yeah, when I was a youth pastor at my previous church. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, uh, when I was here in the Chico area, I was just like touring around and meeting different uh, different pastors and going to different churches and just hanging out and uh, happened to meet you, which is really odd. Do you not know this? Hmm? You're acting like you're just finding oh, this no, out for the I'm, first time. Yeah, I, your dad and I have like a super story <laughs> history that has nothing to do with you. It's that, and I just noticed I'm like shaking a lot because I just chugged that cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had an espresso, and I'm kind of feeling the same way. Yeah, so we are, all, we are all losing our minds off caffeine right now. So <laughs> espresso good. plus the alpha brain is like, <laughs> oh, you are, yeah. You're on another level have right now. Have you ever tried alpha brain? No, I'm terrified I of have. It. I had some right before a test. And? It went pretty well. <laughs> kind you of. got the eyes that Daphne is making right now. It was great. It was the best thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> So, youth pastor, talk to us about drug use. Yeah, 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 totally. So, uh, no, I, man, Alpha Brain was getting advertised to me so heavily years ago, and I looked at it, and I was like, that sounds very cool, until I think about me taking it, and I'm like, I'm, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good. Yeah. Well, you know, I tried it, and uh, I've, I've taken it a few times, and so I take it whenever I think I feel like I'm going to be tired towards the end of the day, and I need, need to be focused. Yeah, you're like, I need to be alpha. And today. it actually really does, like... Really? Oh. Okay. Well, it's weird. When you take two, not one, two. <laughs> Your words, not mine. That's true. If I take yeah. one, it really doesn't do much for me, but when I take two, buddy... It's, nice. It's like you're dialed in. Okay. Well, one of these days, maybe we'll we'll have to find I'll, out. I'll send you home with a couple. Okay. Cool. Oh I'll, be your, I'll be your supplier. My like wife comes home from work. Dealers. Like, are you okay? What is going on? <laughs> okay. For everyone who's listening to this podcast, I we're not druggies. <laughs> I swear. This is our first episode. What am I listening? We to? might edit out this part. <laughs> nah. There's nothing wrong. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for coming to be in a part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about the podcast just a little bit. You've actually listened to a few episodes, so totally, you kind of know what we uh, what we do. But our whole thing has been uh, to try to show people that you parents can have conversations with their kids and talk like openly uh, in a positive way. Yeah, uh, and 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 see positive. Uh, 
positive stuff from that. Yeah. The so, word just left me stuff. I yeah, no, we got there. We're results. Good. Yeah, yeah. Pos- yeah p- positive there results. We there we sure. go. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So um, I got the alpha brain. Do you, <laughs> were your parents involved in your life? Like, Yeah, yeah. Both my parents are involved in my life. Uh, I grew up in a, a stable, loving Christian home. My parents are awesome. Shout out mom and dad. You're probably not listening to this, but hey. Oh, we're going to send them the link. They'll nice. Definitely. Love yeah. it. So yeah. hey, mom and dad. Uh, yeah, my parents are awesome. Uh, and have been around the whole time and yeah. So, so what do you think is the, uh, maybe greatest takeaway you've gotten, you, you've gotten from your, your dad or your parents? Yeah. Uh, man, I, they, they both taught me such uniquely different things. My mom and my dad are two very different people. Uh, my mom is the feeler and my dad is the doer. So I very much naturally take after my mom in the feeler department. And so I feel like uh, most of what makes up my, my internals was my mom's influence. But man, my dad taught me what hard work and diligence looks like. My dad's a very hard, hard worker. He, he really values putting your head down and, and providing for your family. And so uh, I, I, would, I would very awkwardly answer that question in that way, I think. Okay. Oh, I thought you started to say something. You were looking. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Um, did, uh, how then do you, has their influence affected the way you're raising your own kids? Now I know that, you know, you, you're, you're, you're just a new, new dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still pretty new. Yeah. I would like to think so. We have a four-year-old and a, a yeah. now two-year-old, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> man. And yeah, it's kind of hard to answer, to be honest with you. Uh, they're th- growing up. I got to watch, I'm the oldest of four kids. And so I had the privilege of seeing my parents continue to parent very small children after me. Um, and just seeing the way that they grew and matured even themselves. And also sh- showed themselves grace along the way, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, you're a parent, you understand how you don't know what you're doing when you start. Oh, and, and yeah, I, I've even said to her along the way, know what you're doing, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Like there, there's plenty of times when I go, yes. I think I got that wrong. Yes. You know, and that, that's what I was getting at. Like really? truthfully <laughs> now being a parent, that's the biggest thing that I take away from my parents was they were both very good at doing exactly that. Um, it just coming back and being like, Hey, got that one wrong. Like truthfully, sorry. Like wish I would have handled that differently. Um, so now translating that to me parenting, uh, two very strong-willed, someday going to be great leader girls, uh, I'm finding myself having to say, I'm sorry a lot. I didn't realize you had two girls. Yeah, dude, two girls, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I'm really sorry. No, it's awesome. I love it. I mean, it's 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 cool, and then you get into, like, teenage phase, and it's, like, yeah, you question I, the, the two year old. The two-year-old is giving me a sneak peek right now. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it, it's, been, it's an adventure, but, yeah, they're they're awesome. But it is. I find myself apologizing a lot because you're just it's we're two kids raising two kids you know um as i say being a 30 year old man so yeah i i think humility and grace in parenting is a a thing that my parents passed on to me pretty strongly which i'm thankful for yeah yeah that's awesome yeah uh so i mean with two and four year olds they have to have even though you're just a new dad quote unquote right and you say you're just 30 years old and all those things uh the reality is is they have probably already taught you some pretty serious life lessons already. Oh, yeah. So what are they? What are they teaching you? I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing. It's where... like jujitsu. Yeah, that's exactly what I just. Thought. <laughs> 
We will push jujitsu into everything. Perfect. No, yeah, I, I love that about you guys. Um, yeah, I, you, when, how do I say this quickly? When uh, my wife and I were pregnant for the first time, you spend all of this time reading books and having conversations with people who have been parents for a long time, and you're trying to just accumulate information. And I naturally am an information accumulator. I like to be prepared and know what's going to happen and just like mentally come into that thing as prepared as possible. And so when it came time to get into that birthing room, you're like, man, I, I am, I can't be more ready. I am going to crush this thing. Right? <laughs> oh, that, and then you, that is so hilarious. Oh, right. That's right, precious. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> cute. Right. And then you, you start getting into it and very quickly you realize, oh, I am out of my league. And then the kid actually comes uh, yeah. and that never stops. So I, I have very quickly learned that I just don't know anything. And uh, a lot of the times my four-year-old is smarter than me. <laughs> so, so are you smarter than a fifth grader? Is no, absolutely not. No, no, <laughs> I, absolutely was not. Was I ever smarter than you? Did I ever outsmart you? I don't oh, think I, I feel like there was a lot of times that you, you were smarter than me. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, just, it happens. It happens. It just, like, uh, we even even when it comes to snack time, it's just <laughs> she worked me yesterday. <laughs> we were sitting eating some food, and Kinsley chose. That's my oldest daughter. Chose not to eat her lunch. I'm like, all right, well, no snack until dinner time. It's a bummer. That's that's a tough choice that you made. Sure enough, she found a way to work me for some Cheetos. Come about three <laughs> thirty in the afternoon. It's like I I thought I was a strong man with willpower, and I'm just not. Yeah, so it's amazing yeah. how manipulative they can be. Oh yeah, That's oh yeah, frightening. Yeah, dude, four year olds, four year olds are a different animal, man. And four I don't year know. olds will take over the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't True know thing. how yours are, but Daphne had these big eyes. Mm-hmm. There's and, a photo and, in my and room. eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she would just like, oh, daddy. Oh, you're mm-hmm. done. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's game over. Yeah. I did. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how the two year old is. She she doesn't even have to say words. It's just like, oh, you exist and you're way cuter than I have the willpower for. Sure, I'll give you anything. <laughs> well, I always thought, you know, we had this thing called puppy dog ears. Is because I always put my hair in pigtails. Uh-huh. So when I took them out, I had little like flips in my hair. Yep. Yeah. So it looked like puppy dog ears. And yep. then I had the big eyes and I'd just be like, but daddy, I want to snick. See the problem, they know it too. Like <laughs> yeah. the fact oh, that I knew. Knew. fully knew. I yeah. knew. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. you, you mastered it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Use, use the tools you got in your belt, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> what I did. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have teenagers. No, obviously. Thankfully. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Well, I have I have forty teenagers, but they're not yeah. biologically mine. Okay, but you have uh, you're running a youth group, mm-hmm. right? So, what are the biggest challenges you see teenagers facing today, like specifically in your youth group? This is such an interesting question for you to ask me. Um, Man, now, I, why do you say that? Because I feel like I have an answer, but I, I'm fully aware of the fact that my answer could just be totally off and out of touch. You know what I mean? Sure. Like my, my answer to that, Daphne, would be the fact that I feel like your generation now is at a loss for absolute truth. There, there is no, as far as like the general culture would be concerned, the term absolute truth would be something that's looked at negatively. 
Um, and it, it's far more of a culture of like, well, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And if you speak against that, you're wrong or you're this or you're that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said it in the car. I talk about this a lot. Like, yeah. And then at the same time, what you guys are talking about, about having open dialogue between uh, a, a kid and their parents, that, that doesn't exist normally. And so the only place you guys are getting what quote unquote truth means is from this this whirlpool of information with other teens who also don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so there's just like confusion everywhere. Yeah. That that for me, when I'm looking at you guys right now as as high school students, is the thing that concerns me the most. Well, I learned pretty early on, like there's how do I say it? Like boundaries kind of like just because I think this thing is true doesn't mean it is. Like Sure. I kind of think about a lot, like, three plus two is five. You know, that's, like, we believe that, right? But as a whole, like, as a whole, that's that's what's true. But maybe I start believing that three plus one is five, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. like, that's my truth. Well, mm-hmm. okay, but everybody else thinks your truth is wrong. Right. So it's just, like, gets disqualified, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fundamental flaw with relativism is the fact that in order for relativism to exist, absolute truth has to exist, yeah. right? Because you're believing that in order for there to be no absolute truth, that in and of itself is an absolute truth statement. I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking the podcast this direction, no. but uh, it, it, it is, that's the reality of the situation, but I feel like we don't get there logically before everybody just gets lost in the mix. Well, but don't you, I don't want to put thoughts in your mouth, in your, in your mouth. Uh, but what I started to say is, don't you think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that our society as a whole doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And like, so sensitive. We, we, we believe in freedom and we believe in, in everybody's right to express themselves to such a level that that means accept anything regardless of how ridiculous it may be or how far off the rails it may be. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a weird, we're in a weird spot, right? Because we simultaneously feel like that. And I'm saying we as just like the capital W culture, right? So the culture feels like that, but at the same time, there's so much vitriol over just random things that we do believe. And so it's simultaneously, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but at the same time, I'm going to absolutely smite you with what I think <laughs> if yeah. you disagree. Um, so it is, it's a, it's a weird time to yeah, be a to, kid mm-hmm. in the culture. To say that there is a standard that God has set. Right. Yeah. Is like, that is. How dare you? Yeah. 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 How dare you hold me to this standard? Like, that's not my standard. That's not my truth. And to be fair, to an extent, there is some truth to that, yeah. right? I, I feel like I said this to somebody yesterday. We were having a conversation about the actions of a non-believer, and they were, we, they were outraged because they were trying to hold them to the standard of Jesus. And it's like, well, if, if they don't know Jesus... Yeah, if they don't Why want to follow are we Jesus? expecting them yeah. to, to hold to a standard that we hold to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Even though there there is the reality that we we know there is absolute truth, right? Sure. And that's that's the anchor that we're holding to. We we can't at the same time expect your student population at Chico High School to just also fall in line with that. But yeah. then we have to find where do we fall in the middle of the ocean as the tide is coming in and coming out. You know? Sure. What I always found fascinating about that is is in times when people's lives are unstable or unstable, unstable. I find. A lot of times, 
those people in my circle are coming to me for stability. Yep. Right. They're coming to me with those questions. Um, and, and I think it is because do I have it all figured out? No way. No, of course not. But at the same time, they do know that there's like, there's the stability in his life that I, I really, I really grasp. I really want to be a part of. So it's, it's interesting that, that we do run into this. Yeah. Um, Daphne, can I ask you a question? Of course. Do you feel like, and again, I'm asking just like the student population that you interact with, do mm-hmm. you feel like even in the middle of all of this weirdness that we're talking about, there is kind of an underlying still holding on to a desire for like the central absolute truth or like AJ, you're talking about like they come back to you sure. for stability. Yeah. Do you feel like there's maybe there's an element among high school culture right now, of like still a desire for that? Or is it just fair game? Everything's out the window. Whatever you want is cool. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I, this one's hard because I know like lots of students want their own freedom, right? They want to be able to do what they want and they want to be able to do it without consequences. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody likes bad consequences, right? (laughs) Nobody wants to deal with the consequences of their actions. That really sucks. (laughs) But at the same time, they're starting to realize as they have to take on more responsibility as their grades are starting to matter, as they start having to hold themselves to sports and, you know, be dedicated in certain things. They don't know how to be. They don't know how to be social. They don't know how to deal with certain basic like tax Mm. life tasks because their parents haven't told them how to do it. Mm. And they, I don't think they realize it like directly, but they're kind of like angry with their parents for never telling them no, for never giving them any boundaries, for never disciplining them. Yeah. I don't, I like, I don't want to be disciplined. Like I don't want to be told that I'm wrong for doing this thing, but I know that it's good for me because it's going to help me in the future. Totally. And I know that what I did was wrong, so I'm going to, like, try and learn from it, right? So I think we we definitely want it, deep down, even if we don't realize that that's exactly what we want. We need some stability in our lives. It's becoming more and more obvious as you get older, like, how screwed up everything is mm. and, you know, how much your life is kind of messed up. So... I think it's interesting uh, that you have, well, you come home occasionally and you'll say, you'll talk about how the group is mm-hmm. uh, really vicious, but the individual, yes, you, you get your friends aside individually and then they want to talk about deeper things. It's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's interesting because I think everybody knows that the other person is thinking the same thing as them, but they will not say it out loud in the group. Like, If it goes against the status quo, and then the, and yeah. the group usually goes to the extreme. Yeah, right? like, right. Um, who was it? I think, like, Elijah in our group is, like, one of the few people who will be like, hey, that's just mean. Like, he'll be one of the few people to actually point out that something was wrong. Mm. Everybody else may think, oh, that was, like, really terrible. We shouldn't have said that. But they won't admit it until they're alone with the other person. Yeah, because like, it's too risky to yeah. do amongst the group. Like, yeah. and I do the same thing. I'm like, hey, you shouldn't say that. Or, hey, I don't really think that's right. Or, well, I think th- that's an aggressive view that you should 
like rethink, you know, like reevaluate. Because some of it, like a lot of the stuff that they say, part of it's true, but the other part is just like society bleeding into mm-hmm. it. Like, okay, yeah, you're kind of there, but like you need to chill. Like the the most common one I hear is all men are so terrible. Like that's a, <laughs> such a huge thing. And I'm like, okay. I get where you're coming from because, yeah. like, you don't have time to differentiate. Like, you want to be cautious and stuff. But, like, at the same time, it's like, no, not everybody is going to be a horrible person to you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, being defensive and treating everybody like crap is not going to let you see that there is a good person. It might protect you from hurt, though. And that's True. that's where, in a world of extremes, I think that's yeah. where people default to. Yeah. Right? And it's like, what is the thing that is going to keep me personally safe? And every, that includes yeah. not speaking out in the crowd. That includes all uh, everything, all of the the extremisms, because it puts you in a safe pocket. Well, and you used to come home when you were young, and you'd be hurt because you did speak up. Yeah. And, and you've kind of learned over the years, maybe don't say as much, right? Yeah. And, and so you've gotten less uh, assertive or confrontive, combative maybe even, on on some of those things but at the same time even if i do speak up it's like i know i'm gonna get right you know you're you you know you know the response you're gonna get when the moment you let the words out of your mouth yeah yeah Hmm. um i think what were you just saying i i asked if there's still uh like an underlying desire to hold on to like the anchor of stability that your dad was talking about yeah well the reason I ask is is because of you guys watch football. Are you guys football people? Uh, We're bit. not really sports but people. Not, not too much. So this could have bled Just outside fighting. of the sports world. Did you guys see the Demar Hamlin thing for the Buffalo Bills? I have no. At clue. the end of the year, okay. So I'll catch you up quickly. There's a <laughs> there's a player named Demar Hamlin. He had a play that happened where he took some pretty t- rough contact. He stood up yeah, and yeah. Then dropped yeah. on the field. Yeah, we yeah mm. we know about. It. Well, yeah. oh, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they, I know. They yeah, like yeah. on live TV resuscitated him for several minutes. Right. Like went right. to the hospital. This dude is going to die. And then like there was just uncertainty for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the whole world, it felt like, was going. Hey, prayers for Demar Hamlin. And there were people praying right. on live television. And just, like, coming out of the woodworks of all of the sudden being, like, (laughs) prayer works, we believe in prayer, even if they don't believe it, they still threw the courtesy out, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And it's just, it's it's such an interesting response to me. Because, sure, that should be the response, right? But where are these people the rest of the time? You know what I mean? It's like people who would just be like, God doesn't exist, all of a sudden being like, prayers for DeMar Hamlis. What? Right. To see an ESPN announcer. Yeah. Literally like, praying on live television. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it's, I think it's kind of like, you know, fight or flight reaction. Uh-huh. Like, I think in this case, it's kind of like a, it's like a third option. You know what I mean? It's like it, th- this tragedy has occurred and you don't want to deal with the consequences of this tragedy or you don't want to deal with the emotional pushback of it or whatever. Mm. And so you're like, okay, I can either fight for this thing. I can run away from my problems or I can repent, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. So, like, if this person's dying, they're like, they suddenly think, oh, I have nothing to lose. I'll just pray. You know, sure. I think that's like the the reaction. And then they realize, like, okay, it's not a problem anymore. Like, I don't have issues anymore. So I don't have to deal with this, you know, 
dedication, I guess. But the interesting side of that is, is most of the time in society today, we do everything that we can to ignore our, our mortality. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't talk about that. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and when faced with your mortality, people get cancer, they get some kind of terrible disease or they get DeMar Hamlin gets Mm -hmm. knocked out, out, um, whatever that is. Then now we're faced with our mortality Let's think about e- e- the eternal things. Right. The yeah. The scope things. widens very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote a whole thing on this that I've not posted, but um, about uh, the fact that we don't attend funerals anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why we don't is, I mean, I say we don't, that's a really a broad brush, but sure, sure, sure. For, sure. for the most part, people avoid funerals. Well, why? They make us uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, then when we have to face, we have to face our mortality. Yeah. And they make us really think about what's what the top priorities in our lives are, mm-hmm. uh, and and we don't like facing responsibility, yeah. and that's exactly what it makes us do. So we're like, oh no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's one of the reasons why the Bible says it's 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 better to attend a funeral than a party. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, make the it, funeral a party. It makes us think life. about. Uh, I think it makes us think about what's really important. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. Totally. Um, well, you, you also see the flip side. You see teenagers, right? You see yep. parents. Um, I know when I was in your role, I had uh, parents that were completely missing elements of their kids' lives that they didn't even realize were an issue, number one, or were needs in their lives. What, what do you see today that parents are missing yeah, I, uh, again, my, my experience has been with two separate churches now. I've, I've been in youth ministry eight, this, I'm in my eighth year, and so the bulk of my time was spent at a little tiny church, not where we currently are. And uh, at the little tiny church, man, I, I never saw a parent. Yeah. Ever. Like we, we had kids from all over because it was a tiny church, so we were commuters, and I would have to go pick every one of those kids up and drop every one of those kids off. And I never saw or interacted with a parent one time. Wow. And granted that group had a lot of unfortunate stuff going on, like really sad home situations or, or whatever it ran the gambit, but there, it was what you're talking about of just kind of absentee in yeah. that aspect, at least parents. Sure. Um, flip that to now we have a really weird abnormal group. I'm going to say you got some hyper-involved parents. Daphne, your class is a bunch of weirdos. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you guys are abnormal in the sense that you all have super, like, well-established, loving, caring, around-for-everything parents. Well, you know what's interesting about that is a lot of them are homeschooled, and they're all super intelligent. Like, I used to talk to to, to you a lot about, like, Oh, these people are being so dumb. Why are they making these bad decisions? And mm-hmm. like, why aren't they seeing like the point here or blah, 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 or this person is just not being intelligent in any of their decisions. And then I got to this group and I was like, holy crap, I think all of you are smarter than me. They're studying Greek. Yeah. They're like, they're <laughs> no, seriously. Like those kids are smarter Latin, than me by a lot. <laughs> Latin and Greek. I'm like, you have a Latin and Greek class. Yeah. I can't even get through like, Spanish. I'm, t- I'm tutoring a kid in Latin. I'm like, I don't know what Latin is. Like, what are you? <laughs> what? 
It's are yeah. you serious? No, I'm not being. Serious. <laughs> oh, but I was gonna say. Yeah. That being said, I can't speak Latin. I can't read Latin. So yeah, they're super hyper intelligent kids, yeah. and also just really great, loving families. And it's been a huge blessing for me to not only get to interact with the kids, but also get to interact with their parents and and encourage relationship building where there maybe isn't or just celebrating relationships like you guys have where there mm-hmm. is open communication and you guys have a legitimate friendship that didn't have to wait until you're in college to build. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I literally, like the second day that I came back to youth group, they were all like, hi, Daphne. Hi, Daphne. How are you? Yep. Oh my gosh. You look so great today. Blah, blah, blah. They're all like, it's like I've known them for years. That That comes from the family dynamic. Yeah. And so I, I, I truly believe it starts with strong family dynamics and then the kids act out of that. And so our group just also fosters that as, as a unit. So, so for the parent that's listening to this, that doesn't have the strong family dynamic and doesn't know where, where do they start? Yeah. I, I, I truthfully think th- it's, it's kind of a two-step process. If we want to do the simple thing, it's one, just be in tune with what the heck's happening in your kid's life. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you got to talk to them. I don't, I, I, this is one thing I wish that I would have taken advantage of when I was at home with my dad. My dad, again, incredible human being. I love my dad with all of my heart, but I didn't take advantage of my friendship with my father until I was an adult. Mm. We had a great relationship, super loving. It was excellent. But I didn't view my dad as a friend until adulthood. Yeah. And now it's like my, my, my dynamic with my dad is awesome. I, I love just, my dad called me earlier today just to chat about nothing. Like it's, it's so <laughs> fun, but I wish I would have taken advantage of that earlier. Mm. And truthfully, that just, it, it starts with open communication, just talking to your kids, figuring out what's happening in their lives and authentically caring and pouring into that. At um, what age do you start talking to your kid like they're an adult? I, I'm doing it now with my kids, to be honest with you. Like my, my four-year-old is, is smart as a whip. And I don't think that has anything to do with me other than the fact that it's just like, we treat them like adults to an extent. Like I'm not, I'm not, we don't baby talk our kids. Uh, and it, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to, how to say it beyond that. We just treat our kids and speak to our kids as if I were talking to you guys. Yeah. That's, and they, they learn yeah. to understand and, and you just grow the dynamic. Daphne's about to come undone. I'm sorry. What's going on? <laughs> well, like, that's such a huge part of my childhood. Like, my mother mm. never was like, oh, I'm a cute little baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would think she was on crack if she started talking <laughs> to me like that. But, like, I realized as... I was like, what, seven or eight that like lots of people at our old church, like talk to me like I was a child and it mm. made me angry because mm. I was like, my parents treat me like I'm an intelligent, competent human being. And right. these other people are like, oh, how are you little buddy or Pat whatever? I'm just like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like. And the other thing with that is, is that yeah. you would comment on kids your age as you got older Particularly, like when yeah. we moved here. Oh my god! So many kids in her class couldn't had speech function. Problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're disrespectful. They didn't have like they didn't know how to talk. Speech. Sure. They couldn't sure. function socially at all. It was like, what's wrong with y'all? You good? Yeah, yeah. I I I want my four year old Kinsley to understand the way I feel about her, which is that I I value her and I think she's intelligent, and so I try to communicate in that way. So, um, when Daphne, before Daphne was born, we actually had a, a 
college professor at our church. And after the service was over, I took him to dinner. I was in a habit at that time of asking people like, what did they do to successfully raise their kids? Like, mm. you know, and, and I would ask about their kids. And in particular with him, the thing that stuck with us the most in that conversation was he said, we never allowed anyone to talk baby talk to our kid. Yeah. He said, we never did. And he said, and she had like a, a nanny at home. He said, we never allowed anybody to talk baby talk to her. He said, it's the, it's the, the, like the best thing that you can do. The top thing that you can do is just talk to your, talk to your kid from the time that they're born. Like they understand everything you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what happened with her and, and Amy, you know, English major in college, uh, English major majors reunite, I guess that's yep. what yes. you are yep. too, right? Let's go. <laughs> uh, she was an English major and she didn't let Daphne say anything that was off. Like yeah. the only thing that we thought was really cute was Daphne used to say Hiddle instead Hiddle. of Hill. Yeah. So we, you know, we let that one slide. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah didn't, totally. I say, didn't I call Hillary? I would be like, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> With like an accent. Yeah. I don't know yeah, why yeah. I did it. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't sometimes still goof oh, sure. on yeah. my kids. Like you, you can't, you, th- that's inevitable. Right. But uh, man, especially when it comes time to have just authentic conversations with mm-hmm. Kinsley, I'm not, I'm not yeah. treating her like a tiny child. I have an expectation of her that mm-hmm. she's going to behave in a certain way. And so my communication needs to convey that, if that makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. So it's great. Well, the other thing was you, only answered questions that I asked, right? So, oh, that's good. So yeah. if I asked something, sometimes you'd be like, are you sure you want to know that? And I didn't learn till after probably the fourth or fifth time I did that. That, <laughs> that you don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah, there were some things you didn't want to know. Sometimes you would be like, are you sure you want to know? Yeah. Like twice, and I'm like, okay, no, I don't. Never mind, I'm good. So was your policy always question asked, question answered, as long as that, 100%. that followed? And it yeah. doesn't matter what that question is. Totally. <laughs> I mean, it, there there were some that, that came... Uh, but sex seems like it's always the the, the like hardest one, totally. ones yeah, of yeah, those. Yeah. Especially, well, I never asked very many questions because I was like, I don't really know what that is, and I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, but but as she would, particularly as she come back from school, um, seventh grade. Yeah, she was. <laughs> oh, it was. I, yeah. you're lucky you got it in seventh grade. That was too young. Yeah. I feel like that was too young. I, I feel like it should have been high school. I had a very crude demonstration with two action figures in third grade, and I had to come home and ask the question. And that was not. Yeah, that's burned into my brain forever. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. I'm so and, and, sorry. And, and that with her, I would just say, you I know, blocked everything out from that you, year. <laughs> I would just say, "Are you sure you want to know?" Yeah, and usually, she would know by my the way I asked the question. She's like, mm. she would literally go, uh, "I don't think so." Okay, you got to say, like, I'm am good. I mentally prepared for this today? <laughs> yeah, usually well, I wasn't. There actually have been some times, very rarely. Yeah, but there have been some times when I'm like, "You need to know this." Like, I know you don't want to know this right now, but you need to know this. Yeah. But um, you never really said that because I, I think back and I'm like, I can't remember when you <laughs> said yeah, that. Yeah. I yeah. think there's two halves to this question, though, too. So on the one hand, we need to be parents who are willing to speak to our children in a way that conveys the respect that we want to convey to them. Yeah. But on the flip side, our kids also have to be willing to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And For it, sure. It, I mean, communication, this is not something I need to say, but it's a two-way street, right? And so... If, if we as parents are working overtime to make sure that we are cultivating that relationship, but the kids are like, no thanks, you're not going to get anywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. And so this communication thing, like communication in any other sphere, is just going to take some work. And so 
kids got to be able to ask questions and be willing to talk. And on the flip side, when the questions are asked, we better be ready. Well, and not only that, I feel like as a parent, when when a question is asked, no matter how it's asked, Mm -hmm. because sometimes she's asked questions in ways that were like, what are you asking me? No, like inside I went, (gasps) oh, you know. (laughs) Uh, Really? Oh, yeah. But in particular, there was one about language, and uh, and you came. You you. We were in the car. We were actually driving over the speed bumps. I, I remember, remember clearly. <laughs> and you said, um, you used an expletive in a sentence and said, you know, what does this mean? Yeah. And it was just she. She was completely comfortable with uh-huh. saying it. Like she wasn't afraid that she was going to be in trouble. Yeah, for the saying word. It. The word held no. I yeah. have Wait. no clue and, what I. And inside, oh, inside, oh. I went. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, yeah. But I've done that on a few occasions, though. But but I didn't. I tried not to let her see that. You mm-hmm. know, and I and I think that's part of it for us as parents is we have to uh, we have to let them know that it's safe to talk about and ask about anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, we're like, oh, you're not supposed to know that. Well, t- too bad they do. Yeah. Like, and and don't and at least in my case, I'm like. Don't, it's not like I didn't know at her age. Like right. I knew way yeah, before no, she exactly. did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually had some friends who kind of protected me from that. And it, it was a lot of the times it was people that I didn't expect to protect me from that. Like mm. a lot of um, kids in my elementary school, they knew that I was completely clueless. And mm-hmm. I remember asking, what does that even mean? Why do people say this all the time? Yeah. And they're like, they're like, it, it's okay. They're like, it's it's just dumb people language. Interesting. I had the opposite experience where I was also, I grew up in the Christian home. I was the rule follower. I was goody two shoes, right? And so all of a sudden, instead of that, the flip happened where they're like, oh, it's fun to expose the, oh, yeah. I've the had goody two shoes kids too. to all sure. of these things. You but know? I've had a lot of, it's always the opposite. Like people who I expect to protect me because they were my friends, they made it a joke. Mm. And then people who I thought would totally you know, out me for something like that. We're like, it's okay. You don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're not ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they knew from an early age, like they didn't want to know those things or they weren't ready for those things. And they think if you don't know it already, you probably aren't ready for it yet. Keep at it all. that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm kind of thankful for those people. Oh, totally. Like, and a lot of the times it was guys. It was almost always guys who mm. protected me from that stuff, and it was girls who outed me for those things. Mm. I don't know if what that has to do with it, but... Interesting. Yeah. We're, we're the protectors. We're also the dangerous ones, so be careful. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So are there anywhere, any, any places that you see that, um, that we have blinders on as parents? Oh, man. Like things that you notice that a lot of parents don't. That's tough. Uh, I I think instead of just picking one thing that parents in general have blinders to, I think it's just kid kids are smarter and more slick than I think parents give them credit for sometimes. Mm-hmm. While you're simultaneously not slick at all, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I told a group of our teenagers, "You guys just aren't as slick as you think you are." Yesterday, uh, and. That's true, but at the same time, I think there's just so much that kids can get away with because parents aren't tuned in. Sure. Um, And being one of those high school students that was also pretty slick and got away with some stuff and didn't get away with a lot of other things because the Lord has a way of making your sin find you out. (laughs) Uh, It's just, it it is important that parents are at least somewhat keyed in on what the heck is happening in their kids' lives. Sure. Yeah, 
that makes me think about the How to Talk to a Teenager podcast where mm. Georgia said, you know, strict parents oftentimes create really shady kids, basically. Yeah. Mm. Like, she was, she used to be really worried for me because sure. she thought that because you were being so strict with me, that I was going to end up being a really bad kid. Yeah, and that yeah, I was going to be, be rebellious. I was yeah. going to be a good liar. I was going to be really rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. I am none of those things. Like, I am such a bad liar. Literally, it's so easy to tell when I'm lying. Even like, yeah, it's I awesome. know it's so <laughs> painful. So, and like guilt just eats me from the inside out. I cannot lie to you about anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Daphne Even walked withholding in, things. You walked in with a jujitsu injury to youth group a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? And you're like, oh, I got injured. I'm like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, yeah I'm totally fine. And you were not totally fine. <laughs> but you were just trying so hard to be like, oh, everything's good. Life is good. No problem. I'm like, you're broken in like places. <laughs> what is happening? To you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I don't, I think it's a, a lot of it has to do with my personality and who I, like what I took from my parents, mm-hmm. but like also with, oh, it just slipped my mind. Oh no. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> we need alpha brain. I need the alpha brain. <laughs> I have one other question that I want to ask you yeah. uh, that wasn't, I, I didn't mention to you before, but yeah. how do you see social media uh, affecting yeah. teenagers today. Yeah, it is. Holy smokes, man. It is simultaneously the greatest tool that we have at our disposal and also the greatest enemy to you guys as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain that. At its worst, uh, social media is just grounds for um, competition and comparison and depression and anxiety and sadness. At its best, it is a a way that we can quickly and immediately connect and grow community in, in sometimes very real ways. Yeah. Um, and I've seen both ends and I've experienced both ends. And I think the problem is we, we give social media a whole lot of power in, in earthly way. And, and we start, it's hard not to just start doing the doom scrolling. Right. And you're like, okay, well their life is better than mine. And you might not even be experiencing this yet. It happened to me a lot. Once I became an adult and my friends are having kids and my friends are buying houses and all of these things. And you just scroll in perpetuity, just like I'm not there yet, you know, but then on the flip side, uh, we're seeing social media now work in the opposite way with with your guys's group like it's it's serving as a really cool connection point and and it's serving the role that it's advertised as where we just get to check in with each other really quickly and 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 just do life together um and so it it is it is unchecked a massive problem but when when used well i think it can be used in awesome ways for community and and loving people really well so you put it best, I think. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about social media, and that is probably I, one of the That best. was very succinct, I do have yeah. to say. Unfortunately, I don't know where the line is also. Yeah. The, the bummer part. Like, I, a I just, very thin line. Uh, right. I just told you guys, like, I'm, I am so susceptible to the point that I had to delete social media off my phone for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm very susceptible to just the doom scrolling. Um. The thing I think is interesting, and and I found with my own self with it, is that uh, it's so easy to, uh, well, we only post the best parts of our lives on social media, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So then immediately to go, 
oh, well, my family doesn't look like that mm-hmm. or my uh, job doesn't look like, or man, I, I, I can't wear those clothes anymore because, mm-hmm. and, and at 48 years old, I, you know, I still am susceptible to that. Yeah. That my other friends, you know, who I went to college and high school with, right. I don't, you know, in, in a comparison game. And I, I immediately have to go, that is infantile in mm-hmm. your thinking. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually, I remembered what my earlier point was. Oh, it doesn't really matter nice. anymore. But um, I, I, I'm really lazy, which I think is a common thing in our oh, generation. Same, dude, yeah. But I'm way too lazy to rebel. A lot of people were like, <laughs> you, you never, you, like, or I, the most... <laughs> Uh, no, you got it. What does that mean? <laughs> well, okay. So the the best example I have is today. All of my friends were like, "You've never been to a dance," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I got asked to a dance in sixth grade, but I turned him down." And they were like, "You what?" And I'm like, "I still haven't broke my streak." And they're like, "You've never been to a dance," and I'm like, "Well, I wasn't really allowed to go to dances in middle school." And they're like, "You weren't," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "No." And they're like, "You." That didn't bother you? And I'm like, I never had a need for it. Yeah. And I just think all these things that, like, my friends wanted in their freedom and all that stuff, like, I just never found any value in. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I, I almost said this earlier when we were on this topic, but I also then <laughs> checked myself because I'm 30 with two tiny kids, so why am I talking <laughs> about this? But when I'm thinking back to, like, my uh, college friends who still I, – I went to college here in Chico, and I have a bunch of friends who obviously grew up here. Yeah. And uh, one friend in particular came from a super solid Christian family – and it occurred to me as I started having kids, well, I, there is a real tension between being really strict because you want to protect your kids, but then also, how do you how do you be open with them and let them do and experience right. all this stuff while right. still maintaining safety, right? Exactly, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking through all of these kids who, who grew up in Chico, and I know their parents and, and whatnot. I think the thing that I'm coming to is, is one of the best strategies for that is make your home a place that is so rad that they just want to bring people home. Right. Uh, and, and that's how this kid was. He's it's just kid. like, I, I, I want to be, this kid was a gatherer. And so we would just go to his parents' house mm-hmm. and it's not like we were doing anything incredible and they didn't have like water slides coming off the second story or what, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. they just, they built an environment that was so encouraging and life giving that it's like, yeah. yeah, why would we go yeah. anywhere else? You right. know what I mean? It's sure. like, of course we're just going to go to your parents' house and hang out. Yeah. And so there, they didn't have to set up all of these super firm, hard boundaries just because they made home such a rad place. And yeah. they're like, yeah, we know where our kid is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm, I've learned how to be really comfortable with myself, you know, mm. being alone. I know a lot of people who just cannot stand being alone with their thoughts or being alone doing nothing. Yeah, but we like, did a whole podcast on yeah, that. Yeah, we did do a whole podcast mm-hmm. on that. I, I really enjoy it because mm-hmm. it's like I get to like reflect and just, you know? Totally like let everything out and be like okay i'm good now i've detoxed i'm ready to start again and i think like i don't know it's just really i'm comfortable here you know mm-hmm. and i get kind of protection from a lot of the things out in the world that i'm not ready to yeah. and and honestly that really i i think when it came to the middle school dance oh my you know, gosh you, i was you, like you, it was never it was never you never even came and asked us 
because so it's, it's I probably, knew the people that would be there, and I was like, "This is going to be hell on earth." Yeah, you're like, "I don't, I don't need that." And, and and that's what it really boils down. You say we didn't let you go. Well, you never really wanted to go. Well, I just so, because I you also knew. assumed that it was like a a no. So why would you ask type situation? Well, it wasn't that I assumed it. It was a no, but I just. It, it must have been the God speaking in my heart saying, this is probably not a good life the decision. Spirit, the God. Yeah, the, the God. The God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was just him saying, like, this is not in your best interest. You're not missing anything. Yeah. This is not what you want. Yeah. And, like, I didn't have a lot of friends in middle school either that I would have enjoyed going to a dance with. Yeah. Like, I was in the group of nerds. We didn't do that. That just wasn't a thing. We sat and read books at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also, you didn't miss anything. I went to dances for a while and they stink. So they you're, do. you're fine. Everybody talks about it. They're like, it was terrible. I'm like, you see why I didn't go? And you wonder why you, you yeah, wonder. But the pro- there's always a Brooklyn who will come up and be like, it was the best. Yeah. but Because I danced the whole time. And me as an introvert is like, you are the most bizarre alien of a person I've ever met in my life. I know. Life, sometimes and I don't she, do she stresses me out a little bit sometimes. But I also really love that we she love challenged you, me. I like that she challenges me. It's pretty cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for coming. Totally. Uh, Really, it's been a blast having you here today. We got to have you back, I hope. Definitely. Well, I mean, if you want to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I actually never want to do this again. No, (laughs) thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. Well, everybody, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace out.